Welcome to episode four of the Parenting with Play podcast. This week, we're talking all things crying. Now, I wonder how you feel when your child cries with you. How do you feel about yourself crying? Do you view it as a form of weakness? Do you panic if a friend of yours starts crying with you? Do you get really worried about your child when they are crying and you do everything possible to stop them? You try and um, distract them or try and tell them that everything's okay? Part of this approach is really honouring all of our children's feelings and all of your feelings too. And obviously, we focus a lot on play and releasing stress through laughter, but crying and releasing stress through crying is so, so, so important. So the conversation that I have this week is with the amazing Marion Rose, who is Australia's leading aware parenting instructor and has helped thousands of families around the world and has gone on to now train aware parenting instructors around the world too. I've known her for about 10 years. I discovered her when my daughter was 10 months old and had a ton of consultations with her to really understand this approach. She's now become one of my best friends. So I'm so thrilled to have Marion as my very first guest on the Parenting with Play podcast and to bring you this really, really juicy conversation. Um, Marion has extensive background in um, research and in psychology and psychotherapy, which she will tell you more about. Um, But she is so thorough in her understanding about what helps parents, what helps children, what helps babies with their feelings to then live truly expansive lives. So this is a really juicy conversation. It's about crying, but it's also about so much more. So I really encourage you to listen um, and to enjoy. And there'll be so many aha moments in there for you to take away. Um, So it's probably one that you're going to want to listen to again. All right, enough chat from me. Here we go. Diving in conversation with Marion Rose. I'm Helena Mooney, and if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. So um, that's my intro about you because I just think fabulous. <laughs> There's a bit more official stuff. Do you want to just briefly say what you've who you are? Um, my name done. is Marion Rose. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have I, my little spiel at the moment is I have 30 years of um, experience in developmental psychology, psychotherapy and parenting. Uh, a few highlights, uh, which, which really my whole life basically has been really wanting to understand human beings. And so that's where it comes from. Uh, as a teenager, I was very, very quiet and very scared. I didn't really talk much and I really want to, to understand why I was the way I was and it really led me on this big long journey that I'm still on. So I have a an academic background in psychology. I did a degree in psychology, a PhD on the mother-infant relationship. I did postdoctoral research on babies. I also overlapping with that trained as a psychospiritual psychotherapist. And then really from both of those passions, I really realized that one of the most powerful things we can do actually is not to wait till we're whatever age and go to therapy, but actually work on the parenting end of things. So that's really where I got involved in that um, 17 years ago when my daughter was born. And over the last few years, I've got more and more passionate about really back to supporting mothers and really helping um, mothers really shift these old cultural paradigms of guilt in particular, guilt and shame and, and self-punishment 
as well as parenting our children in these new paradigm ways. So that's a little, does that describe it? It does. It. And then just clarify <laughs> about, because then you became an aware parenting instructor. Oh, uh, yes. So in the, the first one in yes. Australia. Well, actually it was me, me and one other woman. We, I think she might've qualified about a week before me or because we went to the same workshop with Aletha but she's not an instructor anymore so but yes so I always like to say one one of the first <laughs> and then now you're the are you the only level only, two only instructor uh, yes I am so yeah so Marion not only helps parents but also trains instructor uh, where parenting instructors in Australia and around the world actually with your online program so oh, all out lovely oh, you're- <laughs> It's really been my passion to, so I, I, another little story I remember, and you've probably heard this a million times, is I remember when my daughter was a baby and I'd learned about aware parenting when I was pregnant with her and it, it resonated with everything I'd learned in both academically and therapeutically with this one whole extra piece that we'll probably talk about today. And I really got into it, but no one else I knew was doing it. And I was in this mother's group. And I was trying to tell people about it. nobody was interested. And I went outside and I held my daughter. She was about six months old. She's 17 and a half now. And I cried and I cried. And I said, I really want to find a community of people who, who are passionate about aware parenting. And it really took me on this thing to just spread the word, to meet as many people, to share the word, and then, yeah, to help people become instructors and so that more of this information for people who resonate with it um, just gets sent out into the world because I think Aletha's work is so amazing. It really is. And you've created this extraordinary community, which those of you listening, please come and join. <laughs> because when I first community. found out about this, and <laughs> yes. we're really going to talk about with crying today, yes, um, yes. because you know I talk a lot about play and the connection, well, play primarily, Yes, but play doesn't work on its own. It needs the other part, which is crying. And for me, crying it required such a huge mind shift to understand yes. that actually crying is healthy. Yes, and at the time, you were the only person in Australia. And I'm going, Does anybody else think that this is good? Is this really good? But, but on one on a deep level, I think it really did. I mean, it clearly resonated with me because then it just made sense. But yes. Um, yeah, now it just seems to be much, much more acceptable, which is accepted and more people talking about it, which is awesome. I so yeah. always remember you always saying, this is, seems so, uh, I can't remember the word you used, but so kind of weird, probably. Weird, beady, weirdy. <laughs> and you're the only person, and are you sure? <laughs> very, yes. Well, I it's changed those my days. life. So that's oh, why I'm so passionate. Thank you, lovely. So grateful to you and Letha Salter and Patty Whipler from Hand in Hand. is just yes. extraordinary. Yes. So, Marion, let's kick yes. off. Yay. What is so great about crying? Why <laughs> is crying helpful? So wonderful. So we'd also lo- I'd also love to say, to add to what you said, is crying is just one part of aware parenting and parenting by connection as well. And I think people can often forget that because it's often kind of the most different from most other parenting paradigms. But we are talking about crying um, as a part of a beautiful set of practices and tools which, uh, which are based on connection and secure attachment and play and finding ways to get everyone's needs met and um, non-punitive discipline and understanding the effects of stress and trauma on children, all of that kind of stuff. So I really want to put that in because I know we take that for granted. Um, but if people yeah. are new to that, they might be like, oh, crying. So, of course, crying can indicate an unmet need so of course if a baby or child is crying they have an unmet need 
it's so important when that type of crying is happening that we do what we can to meet the needs. You know, this is based on attunement and secure attachment, all of that stuff. But the thing that often gets missed out in our culture, isn't it, is that crying is also an amazing mechanism that we are all born with that is an inbuilt way that we release stress and tension and all kinds of uncomfortable feelings literally from our bodies. It's such an amazing thing, isn't it? Yes, but it's something that, I mean, you and I both come from England originally, and we know from Australia. <laughs> yes. But, you know, in England, <laughs> the culture is stiff up a lip, yes. get on with things, yes. stop making such a fuss. Yes. So, and I know that we're having a shift in culture at the moment about it's really, you know, men and boys should be encouraged mm. to cry and that's good, but yes. um, it's a really hard thing to change after generations of yes. going, just do yes. anything possible to stop crying yes. and viewing yes. crying as a weakness and viewing that there's something seriously wrong if, if you're crying. And I think it's yes. important to make the distinction that when we talk about crying, we're talking about crying with, with. a loving, attentive adult, not yes. Yes. leaving babies to cry on their own, not leaving yes. children to cry on their own. Yes, it's fundamentally different. That's what makes it safe, isn't it? And healing rather than dramatic. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, do you want to talk a bit more about why crying is so helpful? And particularly because I think sometimes as adults, we can go, yeah, I feel better when I've had a cry. Not yes. many adults allow themselves to cry. So, you know, please stop yes. crying with your friends. Yes. Um, but to then relate that to our children can seem a bit scary because we don't want yes. our children to be upset. We don't of course. Want to be no. bad. We want them to be happy don't we? We want them to be happy and yeah. fulfilled and all of those things. So the thing to, uh, I find really helpful, physiology isn't my forte. Actually, you'll probably come and talk more about this. I really work more on the feelings level and the mind level. But in terms of physiology, there's a fundamental physiological mechanism that we have. So, you know, the, the fight or flight mechanism that we're all born with it's been around for so long and really was very useful as hunter gatherers and in those cultures in the world that still live like that you know if you've been chased by a saber-toothed tiger the the fight or flight mechanism is what mobilizes all our blood flow or not most of it to our arms and our legs to fight or to flee so that means it moves away from things like digestion it definitely means we're not going to be going to sleep so it's really set up to um to for our bodies to actually do what is most needed in those situations. And then the next thing in terms of our physiology is once that stressful event has um, left, once the saber-toothed tiger has gone to find someone else to, to munch on, <laughs> is that we're also built, of course, because our bodies are amazing things to actually release these stress hormones from our bodies. And that is through tears, because tears have these stress hormones in them. They did research a couple of decades ago that showed that um, Feeling tears had different chemical compositions to tears that are cried, you know, in response to an onion. So they literally have stress hormones in them. And then also in terms of the other aspects of crying or tantrums, as we all know, <laughs> if you've ever experienced a child expressing big feelings, is that it's very physical as well. So when they're doing that, the um, you know, moving around, moving their arms and legs, they're literally releasing the that stored up pent up energy that was mobilized in order to help them fight or, or flee and actually releasing it from their bodies so actually literally helping them return to homeostasis which is means calm relaxed and all of those things 
the the next thing what I've been thinking about recently is that of course it makes sense that if if the saber tooth tiger was possibly nearby still, and and we were looking around, and the adults around us were like, you know, actually maybe it's still not safe. It's not going to be safe to actually cry then. So we also it's noisy. because yeah. it's noisy, and the saber tooth tiger is going to go. Oh, there are some people there to, to, to eat after all. So we also developed these mechanisms to be able to be able to repress feelings to actually stop those natural physiological mechanisms working. So that's often through things like muscle tension. So again, as adults, it makes so much sense, doesn't it? I'm sure um, we've probably all experienced um, you know, maybe things like grinding your teeth or having um, a sore jaw when you're really frustrated. That's always a thing shoulders. when it goes, <laughs> yes. have a massage. <laughs> yeah. And that's literally holding in physiological, emotional, you know, literally holding in feelings in our bodies. So our bodies are so wise if we're in a situation where feelings aren't welcome or it's possibly not going to be safe to express those feelings, then our bodies have ways to hold those in. And there are, there are you know, we talk about repression mechanisms, there are about a, a gazillion different ways we can repress those feelings. And unfortunately, because we live in a culture, as you were talking about, you know, in England, but if, if you look at most cultures around the world, there are different beliefs around crying, generally that crying it's either bad or it's evil or it yeah. indicates an unmet need or children are, you know, manipulating or all of those things or, you know, simply it's the kindest thing to stop them from crying. Whatever the beliefs are, that creates this environment where children then will use these amazing mechanisms to actually repress feelings. So it looks like, you know, if we, uh, our child's having a big cry, maybe after they've had a big day, even a party, you know, having a great birthday party and in the day they start to have a big tantrum and we might say oh you know sweetheart, it's all right you don't need to cry and you know can, what can I do and they might be asking for seven cookies or the iPad or you know having a big cry over some little thing and we're trying to fix that thing is actually understanding that um that if they don't let those feelings out those feelings are still there in their bodies and they do accumulate and because they're physiological things we'll actually see all these effects in them won't we which we've all seen and I remember you talking about your daughter with this you know we'll see them starting to get more intense and agitated in their bodies they'll start to move around more they take longer to go to sleep because it's really hard to sleep isn't it when you're agitated again like us hard yeah. to sleep or we wake up at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning we wake or, up. You know, yes or, or you know first light so um just all these behaviors I would say that the majority of things that parents find challenging I would say are caused by um, these pent-up painful feelings that don't get to be expressed so it can yes, be a wonderful thing yeah. Yeah. because like Aletha says that about yes. the basic needs that we all yes. have yes. such as information autonomy yes. connection yes. and emotional release and yes. it's often the emotional release that gets missed Yes. In so many discussions about how to help our children. Yes, yes. And crying. Because what I couldn't understand, I thought I was doing everything right with my 10-month-old. Yes. You know, I gave her, you know, we had a quiet birth-ish. <laughs> you know, we had yes. a water birth, yes. breastfeeding, Yay. carrying her in slings all the time. Yay. Yes. Um, Co-sleeping, I didn't let her cry. I just thought I was doing everything right and being so responsive to all of her physical needs Yes. And I thought if I was responding to all of her physical needs, therefore she wouldn't need to cry because yes. often the view is crying is purely for communication or you've missed the cues and now yes. 
they're letting rip. And yes. so it took me a long, long time yes. of to, uh, chatting to you to really understand that I wasn't doing anything wrong as a mum. Yes. That resulted in my daughter crying. She just had this need. And also around that time, so Emily was a rubbish sleeper and she was hitting me. And I'm going, why is this 10-month-old hitting me yes. after yes. I'm doing everything? Yes. So you really helped show to me that we all have this other need, which is emotional release. Yes. And that crying is so powerful. And it, it really isn't because we're doing anything wrong. It's not because there's no. anything wrong with our children either. It's just a really fundamental need. Yes, yeah. And I think it's, that's part of that cultural belief, isn't it? That there's something wrong with us or something wrong with our parenting or something wrong with our children if there are upset feelings rather than you know, what I love to see is that feelings are the most beautiful, wonderful things. They, are, they do signal... Unmet um, needs, which is one a wonderful thing about them, but they're also real. You know, just like us, we feel. You know, imagine if we if we have a big hard day out and we come to a friend or a partner and we, oh, I'm really upset, and they say, uh, you know, they start jiggling us or rocking us or trying to stuff food in our face, or or we start maybe getting a bit antsy and agitated to our partner or friend, and they say, you know, you have you need to go and learn to behave properly. So go to your room and have a think about it. I mean. All of these ways that we think about with children, when we when we apply it to ourselves, it's it's obvious. Of course, they have real feelings. You know, babies, right from in utero, have real feelings. They feel real feelings like we do. And you know, what I love about aware parenting is this such gorgeous, compassionate, empathic, really putting ourselves in their position. What what is it like to be born, even if it's a wonderful birth? You know, like Emily's. It's a huge thing. What's it like to actually come out into the world? Even so, what I love about what you said is even if we are doing all the things, which of course we want to aim to do, to be in tune and respond to their needs, it's normal and natural for every single baby and child to feel uncomfortable feelings at times because part of living in this modern world we do and just part of being alive and being human, isn't it? To be overwhelmed, exactly. to be yeah. confused, to be upset, to be frustrated. You know, these are, you know, developmentally, it's actually important to feel frustrated. That's often what helps, you know, move development on. If you're, if you're about to crawl and you can't quite crawl, it's frustrating. It's natural to feel frustrated. So the more we can really change these cultural beliefs to see it's feelings in any age are beautiful, wonderful things, as long as there's someone present who has the capacity to be there and, and, know that that's normal and natural and wonderful actually <laughs> and and so helpful and it for me it takes the pressure off yes. because I was sort of running myself ragged <laughs> thinking I need to do this and maybe I'm doing this wrong and and yes. oh my god and and I'm not yes. fast enough and whatever yes. it is yes. exhausting yes to, yes to really recognize that our children have they it's so normal that they get upset because a dog has barked really loudly or they're yes. especially when they're babies and yes. their tummies are starting to work and it's bright lights yes you know, yes a bit rough when we pick just everyday little yes. things yeah so it takes the pressure off more. yes we talk some more about all the things because it i think would be helpful can't it to actually putting ourselves like i love all those things you're saying to actually put ourselves in the in the shoes of a baby or a child to think about all the things that they might have feelings around oh, yeah um now my mind's gone a blank. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, like you say, dog barking, but, you know, even the, a phone ringing or the washing machine going off or, you know, they. I love to remember that for me, it's why I loved having that developmental psychology background, that 
that, and I love what Alita says, is that anything that a baby or child doesn't understand is overwhelming. So if you think about a newborn baby, they come into the world and they're like, they're just seeing really shapes and patterns and noises. They don't know, they don't have these cognitive concepts. Oh, that's the washing machine. Or yes, I'm going out in the car and this is a cafe. They just, they're, all or even if I can't is, see my mum, I know I'm okay because I'm yeah. at home. No, they don't they have that. Don't concept. know any of that. Do not know any of it, do they? All they're experiencing is all these apparently unrelated experiences. So it's it's so inevitable that even if we do everything, which you know I do too, like to keep them calm and and you know all the gentleness and all that stuff is that it's inevitable. They're going to feel overwhelmed at times, scared at times, confused, frustrated. Completely. I mean, just the, for me, this morning, I'm building my new website. Yes. I'm very overwhelmed. Yes. <laughs> and when we first started talking, I was really yes. frazzled. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. And we all have this. And I've sort of got a lot better with my husband now because whenever I say I'm upset about something, he immediately yes. tries to jump in and fix it. Yes. And so now I say... I do not, actually, I don't need to say that, but do not offer me any solutions. I just need to tell you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Just by having, just by being able to say it out loud to him, have my own feelings, not being told that they're silly or even that, oh God, that's terrible because that even makes it even worse. Just to have somebody just listen to me who I know loves me and then I get on with it. And then, yes. and then I do get on with it because I've genuinely released the feelings rather than stuffing them down. I mean, I'm a great one for scrolling on Facebook or having that chocolate bar. Oh, are we all? <laughs> Maybe all together while watching TV because let's oh, have as yes, as possible. More, more wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but we know that that's not helpful. And so yes. as, of, as adults, yes. trying to unlearn or yes. not really yes. unlearn, but, you know, release my feelings on a regular basis yes. so that I don't rely on or I don't need Facebook to numb myself out because I'm feeling stressed. Exactly. As and do you know, I love, yeah, yeah, carry on. No, I was just going to say, and what we're doing really is helping, uh, helping our children as much as possible when they're younger so they don't hopefully carry as much. Exactly. I mean, they will carry some stuff, but as yes. much into adulthood. Yes. And not learn as many of those repression mechanisms. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But you know what I loved is you shared about the computer examples. I think so the website examples really helpful. I think again to remember because I think it's often hard for us because we're adults and we pretty much often just know what we're doing, don't we? We understand the rules of society. We're generally doing things that we're quite familiar with, apart from perhaps parenting. Sometimes that oh, can gosh. be yes. The, that can be the tricky thing. But if we to put ourselves in a shoes of a baby or or a child you know, until they get quite a bit older, they're almost learning new things every day. They're, they're in the position where they often don't know how to do things. They're constantly learning. And if we remember what that's like, if you, you know, last time you tried to create a website or learn and you went to a dance class for the first time or whatever, to remember how frustrating and overwhelming that can be. It's awful, especially when you can see everybody else doing it. Yeah. So, <laughs> Which is what they're like well, for kids, isn't it? Yeah. We're just doing all this stuff easily and they're like, how do you do that walking thing or how do you do that writing thing or how do you do that uh, you know driving a car thing all the stuff that we do they're and learning between that. siblings Ooh. you know a younger sibling wants to yes. do what the older siblings yes. don't do but can't and then the older yes. sibling wants to have the sort of the, the connection yes. Yes. the connection yes. that the younger yes. sibling has and you know yes. so to know that we can bring play and help our children with that but also yes. that crying is such a fundamental so part of what we need wonderful such and what a our babies need because so many people talk about my babies have colic which really isn't you know 
is a term for under, you know, undetermined crying. crying. People don't really yes. know why their baby's crying, but let's call it yes. colic. Yes. Obviously there's reflux, which is a physical thing, but yes. you know, we can blame crying on all these external factors rather than recognizing what babies need is yes. so helpful. And I've yes. now having experienced this and helped other parents with it yes. because of your help. Um, and having just the relief of just holding my baby in my arms he has a massive cry. I'm looking at him. I'm just being attentive. Yes. And then he stops of his own accord when he's had enough. Now, it can go on quite a long time. Yes. But even just if you could listen, and I remember you keep saying, even if you can listen to five, 10 minutes, that's five, 10 minutes that's been released. That's, yes. you know, that's such a gift to our children it's to amazing, be able to hold the space while they just let rip. Yes. Because if you think about it, and again, for, for your listeners, Helena, if, I remember asking on Facebook a couple of years ago, and I said, um, you know, how old were you when you first had the experience of someone simply being with you, being present with you as you cried and, and just listening and saying, you know, I'm like here with you and listening. And I was really shocked to see, you know, quite often people, it was in their 20s and things, but some people still, even though they've been, you know, they're doing aware parenting things, which is all about this, so that I've never had that. So to, no. to, to imagine what that's like, for our children, for them to actually have this whole part of themselves. And, you know, I think often I'm going everywhere, so bring me back. But, you know, yeah. I think often in our culture, there's uh, having worked as a therapist and worked with people for many years is there's so much this, this um, experience so many people have of there's something wrong with me. There's something yes. fundamentally wrong with me or, um, you know, if I have feelings, I'm bad or, you know, these core things. That I'm being, developed. well, I, and I know many other people were told that we're too emotional. You're too overly emotional, sensitive. You're overly sensitive. sensitive. Yeah. All these core beliefs that get put in really, and often, you know, from really often as parents, we're, we're trying to do these wonderful things. And we think that distracting our child every time is loving, but to actually think on the other hand, how would it be to know that every single feeling that you ever have is absolutely welcome and that there's never anything wrong with you and that there is someone, your parent or your parents, who can be with you, whatever you feel, and will be with you and know there's nothing wrong with you and that you'll go through that feeling and you'll come out the other side and you'll be calm and relaxed and, and to not be afraid of feelings. And I think the reason so many of us are afraid of feelings is because we never had that experience of someone who was so completely calm and relaxed and comfortable with that feeling themselves that they can be with us listen to those feelings till we, as you talked about, till we came out naturally the other side and we felt in our body, oh my gosh, I feel so relaxed now. Because I, you know, we're talking about that physiological thing at the beginning. Those feelings are literally gone. I feel yes. relaxed. I can see clearly. I can feel, I feel this deep relaxation in my body. I can sleep. I can eat. My, you know, my tummy isn't in knots. All of those things. I think the reason so many people are either scared of their feelings or they have these core beliefs about there's something wrong with me or you know I'm too sensitive all of that really comes from how we were responded to as children in, our, in terms of our feelings and the thing is it's never too late to change these whether we're adults whatever age our kids are that we can shift these responses to to actually listen to more feelings yes I so agree. And um, gosh, I've got so many things to say. But, oh, yeah, we <laughs> to but, um, I remember because I, in our family, typical British family, you know, we yes. don't, we don't yes. do feelings. We certainly no. don't do anger. No. But I was very accident prone. No, we don't do anger. But I was very accident prone as a child. Yes. And, um, 
And I remember reading one of your articles and it really resonated going, because if I fell over and hurt myself, then I could yes. cry and be comforted. Yes. Yes. But if I cried about something else, yes. there wasn't the capacity to listen to me. So yes. I, I do actually wonder whether, I mean, yes. I was insanely accident prone. My knees yes. were covered in scars. Yes. Like I fell off the curb and I was bleeding. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yes. So, but yes. I... I do think that that's linked because I am, I mean, I think we all are essentially very sensitive people. Yes. Um, but I needed, yeah, I needed that crying outlet. So exactly. I got will. I yeah. And I think another part of that is often the more feelings we're holding onto in our bodies, the more we talk about that t- body tension, Yes. the more we're tightening up muscles. And actually it means we're less, um, we're less present, so yes, we're less right. available to outside information. We're less connected to the ground, to the curb. Clumsier. So, yeah, so what I've really noticed is the more feelings children get to express when they're younger, they're actually so much more present and available. They, they can see things. They don't, you know, they don't run out into the road. They're from a very young age. You know, I remember with my kids, not to say my parenting is perfect, it is not, mm-hmm. but I, I did listen to a lot of crying when they were younger. And, I, you know, even at very young ages, they, were, they could handle glass objects and you know just delicate things they were very aware of where their bodies were so I think sometimes part of that knocking into things and bumping into things and dropping things can also be part of that the um, symptom of that tension in the body that's harder to be present it's harder to concentrate it's harder to think clearly it's harder to go to sleep all of these things that often can be really frustrating as parents to remember what it but actually our children when they're doing these things, they feel agitated. It's not enjoyable for them. No, and when we hold babies and toddlers, you know, when we're yes. with them when they're crying, yes. especially when we're holding a, a baby in our yes. arms, it's so yes. clear yes. after they've had a big cry in our arms yes. because their body is just so relaxed. relaxed. Yes. They have so this relaxed. beautiful eye gaze, but a relaxed yes. eye gaze. Yes, oh, it's so wonderful. And it's just it? heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I, I know you've heard all my stories many times, but the first time we listened to my daughter's feelings when she was three months old and I was like, you know, I'd fed her every half an hour for the previous several hours as I always did. And I loved it. I would probably still be breastfeeding her at 17. <laughs> Do not <laughs> say that in public. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I loved it and I would have carried on doing it, you know, every half an hour had I not started to realize all of these things that we're talking about, mm-hmm. that she started to be less present and more agitated and just not as happy and starting to avoid eye contact and all of these things. And that first time we listened to her, her dad and I, um, crying arms. And at the end, she, um, and he was actually, he came to a workshop recently that I co-facilitated. And he told the story too. And he was crying. I was crying. <laughs> Other people were crying. To say, you know, she came out of the crying. And this is what you're showing, that she, she, she was like a Buddha. This whole presence came into mm-hmm. the room. We were gazing into her eyes. And... You know, these are some of the most intimate and most gorgeous experiences that we can have to, to really say to our babies and our children, I am here to be with you whatever you feel. I can be with you through this and I'm going to be right here. And for them to come out the other side, they're almost saying, look, here's who I really am, this, this calm, present, aware being. This is my true nature all of those other behaviours, yes, they're going to show up because we're going to have feelings accumulating, but all the, the hitting and the agitation and the not, you know, all those antsy things, yes, they're my feelings showing up, but this is actually who I really am. And it's just so 
wonderful to see children in that way because I think, again, our culture has this view of children that they're, you know, they're just, I don't know, you know. Troublesome. <laughs> and troublesome and they fall, you know, they do. They fall over and they knock things over and they, they hit and they're just all of those things. And I think to actually see a child's true nature in that way that when we get to listen to their feelings, it's like seeing the deepest being, isn't it? It's the most gorgeous There's something thing. really special. So and special. often when I explain to parents, because they can get really worried going, you know, my child's really out of control and, oh, yeah. my God, what am I doing? I said, yeah. keep going. <laughs> because, and, and I've had parents say, oh, they're just getting too hysterical. I need to stop them. They're too hysterical. And they're making, and I think also there's a belief that yes. when you're crying, you're making yourself upset because you're crying. Yes. And so the more you yes. cry, the more upset you get. Yes. When actual fact, it's the opposite. Yes. You're not crying because you're, you're sorry, you're crying because you're upset. You're not upset because you're crying. Yes, yes. And so to then really go through it, and I had an experience recently. Yes. And I have several, but I had one particularly with a, with a really good friend and I was very yes. upset about something. Yes. And intellectually, I knew what I was upset about didn't make yes. sense. Yes. But I just still had these feelings and they were just, dominating me at the time and I just yes. sobbed and sobbed and sobbed yeah. on the phone and it part of it was like overwhelming and I hadn't had that feeling you know when the children are just like <gasps> you know I was yes. like that yes and um and it was it was painful to go through it yeah because it was pain you know it was painful feelings but when I came out the other side I could literally feel my mind clearing yes. and my body calming down yes and and I've and that was a really big upset that I've carried for since teenage years if not younger wow. and I'm 45 now so a long time and I feel completely free of that hurt now <sighs> and just by having somebody and it took half an hour down the phone and I just stopped <laughs> she didn't have to say anything really she just had to be there yeah it was extra and you've done that and and when I was going through IVF and worried about whether I was going to be able to have another baby yes. when, before George, yes. the biggest gift you gave me was you listened to me. And I had quite a few people say to me, oh, hells, you're sort of handling this quite well. And I'm going, you haven't seen the wreck. Because I'm just sobbing. Just, yes. And you gave me that space to just go into it and just sob about how hard it was and how upsetting I was. And, and at the end of it all, I came to this point before I got pregnant with George was that knowing that I was going to be okay either way. I was going to be okay if I had another baby and I was going to be okay yes. if I didn't. And that was a huge yes. relief because I was so worried I was going to carry this throughout the rest of my yes. life, just longing for another child. And I wouldn't have got there any other way mm, if I yes. hadn't been had heard in all of the rawness and devastation that I was going through. Um, and uh, I feel quite teary talking about it. Yes, that. I feel it, really touched. I remember. <laughs> I remember. It was huge. Yes. And I think what it showed me is that if we have somebody there listening to us in all of our upset, and often, you know, I find with my children that they can be crying and then we sort of go into a bit of a laughter and then back into crying because it's, yes. they're yes. so interlinked. But this, um, yeah. We can survive anything and not just survive it. We can thrive through anything. Like I, yes. that time was a really hard time, but yes. it was, I, I, I was fine during it. Yes. Um, so we could go through anything <sighs> and come out the other side really well. So beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. So and this is that. by crying. Do you know, I'm yeah, it's somebody. simple. And it's simple. And the wonderful thing is it's we're, we're born with this. This is the natural wisdom of our bodies. It's like 
you often say it's not rocket science. It's like we've made things so complex. And yes, it's often complex to relearn these things and get the nuances because we've spent so many generations not doing that. But it's it's there's a simplicity to it, isn't there? And do you know what? You were reminding to me too that I used to be really into Alice Miller's work back when I was doing my psychotherapy training and, and she talked a lot about trauma and culture and things. She said something like, you know, it's not what happens to us that's traumatic, rather it's the fact that we have these things happen and there's no one there to listen to yes. how we feel. Yeah. And to me, that's as you speak of, is that of course we don't want our children to experience pain or anything <laughs> unenjoyable, but you know, even if it's overwhelmed, to, to the things, the inevitable things that are going to happen in their lives, that but they're going to go to school, or your children go to yes. school. Very fortunate. You know, they go to school or they go to yeah, daycare, and yes. somebody's going to be mean to them. It's yes. at some point somebody is going to be mean to our children, yes. and Think, what we offer them by holding that space is that yes. ability to come back at home, yes. have this oasis, cry, play, the whole gamut, so that they're much more confident and resilient yes. in those situations. Was, exactly, and this and that's that piece, isn't it? Is if and I think for, for most of us not growing up in this um, culture, this new culture that we're co-creating is that I love to use the word resilient because if the feelings don't get to be released, what generally happens is then we get more and more afraid of that. We'll either get more and more afraid of those things. So we'll, we'll go, oh, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to actually go and talk to people because I got hurt. So we'll mm. actually, we don't heal from the painful experiences by crying and being heard. We'll restrict ourselves. And often it's with food, children will get, they'll find ways of restricting their experience more and more and more so that they don't stimulate these feelings that they're holding within. Or we go the other extreme and we just kind of disconnect and, and just go, you know, guns for, what's the saying? Gun for leather? Gun for, Hell for leather. Know. Hell for leather. You know, just like ignoring the feelings and just rushing headlong into things without actually listening to ourselves. So the beautiful thing about listening to our children is they can stay having this curiosity about life. Okay, yes, I did get her, this friend did say painful things to me and I, I, but I had a cry so I can go back into this friendship again. Or It's, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it, to help our children it, it really stay is. connected. And, and I know I'm talking about us uh, adults now, but I feel so much more connected to somebody that I'm bawling my eyes out with. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, and... I'm so, and to begin with, I used to panic when somebody was crying with me going, what am I going to say? I need yes. to fix it. Oh my God, yes. what, what am I going to do? And yes. and now I just go, I just recognize that this is a process that going through, which I can yes. see with them. I don't need yes. to fix them. Yes. I just need to remind them that I care or whoever cares and that they're great yeah. and that they will get through it. And then they just go through the process and always come out the other side. So beautiful. beautiful. It really is simple. You know, when your baby's crying, listen to them. Toddler's crying, listen to them. And when they're happy, dance with them or whatever it is. Um, And obviously there's nuances to all of that. There's lots of nuances, yes. People can get really stressed out by hearing a crying baby. And because we always associate crying babies with crying on their own and Yes. And so that's really painful for anybody to think about. Yeah, of course. Even though I know many, you know, that... um, do that for sleep and you know go in in regular intervals but now if I hear a baby crying in our arms and they're really getting into it I'm going yes (laughs) and it just would change our whole perspective of crying babies if we knew that each baby when they're having those big cries yes uh, in the arms of somebody who's loving them yes because they just come out the other side so amazing yes and the wonderful thing isn't it it's actually 
No, because my background's observational um, work. So I spent thousands of hours literally looking at videos that I'd made of mothers and babies. What I love about these approaches of where parenting and parenting by connection is, is if this resonates with parents, they can just try it out and observe, can't they? So mm. it's not like, well, you need to wait for 20 years and see if maybe it is doing what it says it's doing. You, we can literally see, as you said, you can feel in their muscles. We can see a toddler who's actually got to have the big tantrum and come out the other side. I remember so many times my children would be like, some after the big cry, they'd be like, mommy I love you and and can I help you do something and just the and the joy the natural joy and if you look at lots of spiritual traditions you talk about that natural joy I think of his holiness the Dalai Lama or you know people I love to to follow up you're talking about Bruce Lipton you can see that to me that natural joy that is our true state when we've had the opportunity to express the pain so that you know in terms of wanting our kids to be joyful and happy the paradox is the more we can listen to their pain, their crying, their tantrums, their rage, the more happy they are the rest of the time. Completely. <laughs> Completely. And just last night, George, who's four and a half, was being yeah. all agitated and, and all ugh, antsy, really difficult. And um, yes. we were having dinner. So I needed, I just took him into the sitting room and just yes. sat with him and he had a cry in my arms, which is yes. literally five minutes. I mean, really not very long. Yes. Yeah. And they're just so happy to come back. <laughs> and we all sat and ate and we all had a beautiful dinner together, all really yes. chatty. Yes. And he wouldn't have done that if I hadn't... No. taken him off, listen, you know, listen to his feelings. If yes. I just kept trying to restrict him and constrict him, he'd have just either shut down or just gone completely, <laughs> completely nuts. Yes. Um, and yeah. And just to bring that presence and just listen. Yes. Yes. So I, I completely agree. So happy and so light yeah. and just easy and cooperative and all those beautiful things that we want to do. We want, which is yeah. who they really are. And you know that again, with so many other paradigms are like, I see it's like they're trying to put something on top. We'll teach our children, teach them manners, teach them to be polite, give you know, punishments and rewards as behaviorism. Let's try and put these things on top of our children because they assume that a child's true nature is bad and kind of, you know, willful. But if we see that our child's true nature is loving and compassionate, all we need to do is help them by being connected with them, play, all your beautiful play, haven't they? And listen to their feelings. And that's who they really are. They are loving. And they all those other things, they can sleep easily. You know, sleep in our family is always really easy. And, you know, the behavior is enjoyable. We don't need to do all the other unenjoyable stuff. To, just no. need to connect play listen it's, yeah it's it's, it's, it's really no it's not always easy to do and so no not easy time, not easy as a also, concept and as a principle yes yes, that's, yes. oh yes. marion connect play listen i love that oh yes they're nice yeah. they? someone else made that before i don't know <laughs> it's good isn't it <laughs> i know let's we we need to talk much more together about this i know <laughs> and um yeah, this has just been brilliant, Marion. So good. Just so love, good. It so love it. This took me a long, I mean, it hasn't, doesn't take anybody else seemingly as long as it took me oh. to get my head around it, but it really did take me a long, long time. And can I, I think it can take us all different times. Can I, can I just wait say one thing? Because you talked yeah. about it not always being easy. And I, I think to name that often it's not easy because the whole other thing, isn't it, is it helps us connect with all our unexpressed overwhelmed frustration outrage grief all of the things that are sitting in us and all of our own ways that we learn to repress you know what happened to us if we were left alone to cry so 
that's the parallel piece that actually makes it hard. Because if we all, if we'd all been brought up in this way, it would be effortless and easy. Yes, and I actually see parents who do find it easier than me or some other people I know because they yes. they had that yes. a bit more yes. in their yes. childhood. Yes. Um, so, yes, <laughs> this yes. is the thing. It's it's, and this is why I always thought just be aware parenting. <laughs> well, no. well, because you think you're just learning God. something and how I know going to do it to them (laughs) to everybody isn't it It becomes oh that politician yes I don't enjoy what they're doing and I really hate it and I don't agree but gosh I can see they've got a whole lot of pain that's causing that behavior (laughs) well I'm watching Game of Thrones at the moment which you would hate it's horrendous but it's also brilliant (laughs) and I'm just looking at it going yes you can see why they're behaving that way because they had an issue with their (laughs) you know they've got these unmet unmet needs unmet needs yeah yeah. And you can just understand why people do this. And yes. my husband to begin with was going, I want to read books to understand why people do things. I'm going, well, read parenting, read aware parenting. Yes, yes. It will help to explain exactly why people behave the way that they do. Exactly. And everything, isn't it? Do, I don't know one ever I always wonder why aren't more people want to know this? Because like the, the genesis of addictions, it's yeah. all there. That's exactly how we learn how to repress our feelings, you know. Which is everything. Now becoming more prevalent who's that brilliant guy johan somebody who's just written who's written this book about saying about the war on drugs and how it's terrible yes and it's the opposite and gabo mate's work on gabo, yeah how the opposite of addiction is connection connection and what's connection missing. it's and not listening. telling people to stop no. drinking, smoking doing drugs we all know that that's yes. not helpful just as we know it's scrolling on facebook for an hour is or whatever our own version is yeah and that having that compassionate understanding that we can help our children so that they have fewer oppression mechanisms, less accumulated feelings, that they that they have less unhealed stress and trauma, all of those things that make it's what I love about it, don't you? That it's it only not only affects their behaviour, but it affects their long term emotional well being, their future relationships. The whole thing, it's just amazing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And it just it is. It is. It's just- <laughs> so I love that you're doing this. I love that you're doing this podcast. And play is such an essential part of this and connection and listening. So thank you yeah, for sharing what together. you do. Well, thank you. So on that, do you want yes. to let people know about all the amazing things? Oh, the amazing things. Have so much. <laughs> well, I have a lot of um, free and paid things on my website. I have um, free courses paid courses and not only to do with parenting but I love to take that into our own kind of inner healing our own inner dialogue um our own journey as mothers in terms of uh, our calling um so yeah I'd like to talk so a Marianne, lot do you help nowadays <laughs> I like being there I like to help us get free from guilt I like to help us become who we really are as human beings and share our gifts in the world you know the whole thing so if you're interested in any of that um, first of all, do Helena's stuff. And then if you, if you also want to look at my stuff, uh, my website's marionrose.net. And you have the Aware Parenting podcast, which I'll put links. Yes. Oh, you're wonderful. Thank and you. And if you're listening and you have a little baby, Marion yes. and I have Oh, yes. Together. Yes, we do have a Aware Parenting a, Babies. Yes. Where we go into so much detail about all this. And actually I have videos of both of us listening to George yes. as a baby. 
Yes. And we've both got courses where we've both got Marion and I listening to George as a toddler slash preschooler. So you can see yes. us in action in all of that stuff yes. too. But yes. um, yeah, I highly, I can't recommend Marion's work. Oh, more. wonderful. Thank so you, thank lovely. you so much, Marion, for coming on today. It's been, as ever, a delight. It's <laughs> always so fun. Let's do more. <laughs> <love> more. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So much love to you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released and I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.